Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, welcome back to the show today. We are about a month behind. We are doing the top 10 religion stories of 2021. Most guys get this out in December, but we wanted to serve up to you a, a dish of perfect spirituality and godliness. So we have been working round the clock to get you these top 10 stories. So yesterday we looked at digital worship services, and these are in no particular order. Uh, number nine is the rising generation of church leaders uh, today are debating loyalty to the ancient ecumenical creeds. So we're talking about the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed, the Athanasius Creed, and um, the story is that some younger Protestant theologians questioned the relationship between the Bible and early church ecumenical creeds. So um, I guess first question is, do ecumenical creeds have the same authority as the Bible? Well, no. Um, no creed has the, has the, sa- the same authority as the, as the Word of God. Um, but um, in, in well, I, I know that uh, a, a lot of a lot of Christians are perhaps uh, not familiar with early church history and might assume that um, it was an easy matter. To uh, just just from Scripture to uh, decide uh, that Christ has two natures, uh, truly human and, and truly divine, or uh, to just assume that the, the doctrine of the Trinity was an easy thing. Well, no. In the early centuries of of the Church, they had Scripture, um, but the the early Church fathers, the the great theologians of the early Church. Uh, took several centuries, uh, you know, about three centuries, to hammer out uh, and and leave us a legacy of biblical interpretation uh, that centers on the Trinity, uh, that that affirms uh, the, the two natures of Christ, that He is truly human, that He is truly God, um, and uh, the, these were not easy things. They took and they, a lot, and they a lot came of about work. as a response. A response to the errors that were being presented, so that right. there was an error that these uh, creeds and confessions uh, were correcting uh, for the masses. Mm-hmm. Now, now, excuse my ignorance. Is the Apostles' Creed also a, a response to an error, or is it mostly the latter ones? Well, mostly the latter. But when we thought, actually, when we're talking about the the creeds, like the Apostles' Creed or and, and Nicene Creed, any of those things, these are really just summaries of God's word, we, and that's what we need to understand. We're not placing them above the word, but you know, the the Bible isn't written with a concordance in the back, mm-hmm. um, you know, and a, a directory. So these. 
creedal statements, confessional statements that we might have are summaries gathered from the collected wisdom of God's Word. Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of the idea of, at, at least the Apostles' Creed is, what does it mean to be Christian? Mm-hmm. What are the essentials that are non-negotiable that all people have to agree on for that that church, mm-hmm. group, religion to be considered Christian? And so it summarizes the high points of the theology of the New Testament with regard to the Trinity. We the call Father, them, Son, we and call Spirit. them ecumenical because they're not limited to a Reformed Church or a Baptist Church or a Methodist Church or even the Roman Catholic Church. And you know, these are the irreducible minimum of what uh, we would say defines Christianity. So the, the word creed. Let me let me. Uh, the word creed is derived from the Latin word credo, which means I believe. Mm-hmm. And that's the first word of the Apostles' Creed, which is the earliest of the ecumenical creeds. Mm-hmm. And the, the Apostles' Creed actually dates back, uh, it has its origins in the second century with what was called the Old Roman Symbol. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it came, came, out of the, came out of the church in Rome. And... Um, uh, it begins with the word in in Latin "credo," mm-hmm. I believe, mm-hmm. and uh, it's these are the central uh, convictions of faith. Uh, and as one of you, one of you, you other guys was saying, I, I think it was Jonathan a, minute, a moment ago. Um, they're ecumenical creeds because they're shared by almost all the churches. Uh, in, in various traditions uh, in the world. The, the idea of rejecting these creeds, it's, it's something that's happened in the past. It's not just something new. You know, you know, you'll hear, you know, growing up I heard people say, I have no creed but Christ. Well, okay, what do you believe about Christ? Mm-hmm. Who was he? Yeah. You know, and Im- immediately when you begin making propositional statements about who Jesus is, yeah. that he's the son of God, you're entering into creedal territory. I love, uh, I remember listening to a, a recording by Lincoln Duncan uh, addressing that very phrase, no creed but Christ. And he says, you know, if, so, if, if, if a brother were to say that to me, I have no creed but Christ, he'd say, okay, <coughs> well, I'm going to come into your church then and I'm going to start preaching and I'm going to talk about baptizing babies and predestination. And, and, then, and then, of course, whoa, whoa, what do you mean? We don't believe those things. Oh, so you, you do have a creed. Mine's just written down. Yours is inarticulated. I mean, it's an inescapable concept. Everybody has something that they believe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. As soon as we begin talking about God or Jesus Christ or the Holy Spirit or his church or anything, those statements are propositional statements and they are your creed. Now, the, the, you know, we want to think with the church, you know, the Apostles' Creed. It wasn't written by the Apostles, but it is a summary of what the Apostles taught. Yeah, and uh, you know the Nicene Creed, you know, began to uh, work on some of the definitions about who Christ was um, in a, in a more particular areas, and some of the denials. You know, I mean, it goes back to Arius who didn't said there was a time when Christ was not that right. he was just a created being. Right. Well, that was a corrective right. to those things. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about some of the central affirmations then. Of these creeds, the Apostles, the Nicene, uh, the A- the Athanasian Creed. So, um, what are the central affirmations of these creeds? What what are they mainly speaking about? 
So all of them are Trinitarian. And so um, the Apostles' Creed starts with God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. Um, and you have these three key concepts. I believe in God the Father. I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Um, and then as Jonathan was saying, the Nicene, Athanasius, Chalcedonian creeds really are – what happened was there was confusion, um, challenges, um, errors with regard primarily with the relationship of the Godhead mm-hmm. and specifically also with regard to the natures, two natures of Jesus Christ, him being both truly God and truly man. And so both the Nicene and – well, not – both, but the Nicene, Athanasius, and Chalcedonian creeds are really just providing clarity and further um, theological positions on the relationship between the three persons of the Trinity and specifically on the two natures of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And, 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 very, and what it really points out is when you add or subtract from those things, you are, you're moving into error. Uh, one side or the other. If you add something to it or subtract from that, you're you're in, you're entering into some of the areas that um, of error that the early church has already uh, mm-hmm. spoken against. Right, and uh, there were in the in the er, <clears throat> in the early centuries of Christianity, there were many uh, falsehoods about the Trinity and about the nature of Christ. Um, there were there were some who believed uh, that, uh, as you were mentioning earlier, that uh, Christ is a created being. Uh, there was a time when he was not. Mm-hmm. Um, or uh, another uh, falsehood was docetism, uh, which is that uh, J- Jesus was f- fully divine, but only kind of pretending to be a human being. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, he... He had the like apparition. He had the appearance of flesh, but he he was really just one hundred percent divine and kind of pretending to be human. And uh, the the early church fathers hammered hammered this out in the creeds mm-hmm. that uh, truly truly human and truly divine. Mm-hmm. And and uh, by the way, uh, right down to this day, you know, we talk about these creeds being ecumenical. Uh, let's take, for instance, the the World Council of Churches, which is not exactly a conservative organization, and and uh, although there are evangelical uh, churches that are a part of the World Council, but their their minimum requirement for a church to join uh, or a de- denomination to join the World Council is that they have to affirm the Trinity uh, in, in in an orthodox way. Uh, and they have to affirm the two natures of Christ, truly human, truly divine. Yeah. If if they can't do those, then they're not admitted to the World Council. I actually think this that's a good point, and it's really helpful for evangelizing your, your Mormon neighbors. I mean, we live in a highly Mormonized area. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get my hair cut regularly by a, a Mormon um, gentleman, and um, I've talked about that very thing, the Trinity. Yeah. Um, and the Trinity is not one of those things that it's like, um, well, that's kind of the the part of our faith that's so mysterious that let's just get past the contradiction and then let's just move on to other things. No, the Trinity is what makes Christianity 
uh, Christianity yes. without the the Father, the Son, and the Spirit being one God, three distinct persons. There is no Christianity. And so, if if we if we can un, the, the, what the creeds do, especially the Nicene, I think um, helps you to put into language what the Trinity is not and what the Trinity is. If if you were somewhat versed in these things, you, you could go to your, your Mormon friend who says, well, I'm a Christian too, and you could say, okay, well, this is what Christians believe. Check this out. And then, you know, we believe this about Jesus. We don't believe this. And I think that would be a wonderful witnessing tool, actually. Yes. Uh, let, me, let me make a book recommendation, Delighting in the Trinity by Michael Reeves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a short little book. Um, it's not uh, heavy theological sledding. Um, it's very accessible. And he talks a lot about the ecumenical creeds and, and the early church fathers and how they, how they hammered this out um, and came, came to consensus, came to agreement about the Trinity, about the two natures of Christ. Uh, it's a really fun read, uh, Delighting in the Trinity by Michael Reeves. He, he brings out this joke in the book um, where, you know, the famous question Martin Luther was asked, what was God doing before he made the world? And, of course, Luther answered something like he was making hell for people who asked dumb questions or something like that. Uh, but Reeves said, actually, that's a f- profound question. Before God made the world, he was father. He was always father. He had a son. He's always been in a relationship. And I, yes. I, I thought that was so good. Yes, if you're looking for two other books, um, an older one that might be still the best book written on the Trinity is The Communion um, of God by John Owen. And then a modern one that's more experiential is called Experiencing the Trinity by Joe Thorne. Excellent. Well, you've been listening to The Gospel for Life. If you've missed any of our podcast on the top 10 religion stories of 2021 just go and subscribe to our podcast wherever you subscribe just make sure you type in the gospel for life uh start planning for reformation boise do you know what dates those are off the top of your head it's october i think 21st okay so plan your whole year around the reformation boise conference because you don't want to miss it it's gonna be great it's actually going to be on the church this year such an important vital Uh, topic in our current times. This has been the Gospel for Life. We'll see you next time.